It takes a lot of hard work and practice to be able to get up in front of uh, any crowd, really. So you guys have done great. And you sounded good. That's a... Uh, oh, I've got it. Thank you. <laughs> so thoughtful. Um, that's one of the things that fills me with wonder, for sure, is seeing a group of youth like that, serving the Lord, working with Him. Um, but there's a number of other things that fill me with wonder. Um, one thing I think of is roller coasters. One of my best friends and I, uh, oh my gosh, I was a roller coaster junkie in high school. We probably did like 70 roller coaster rides in one day. It was nuts. Um, there was one called the Shikra in Bush Gardens, 90 degree angle drop. And they just torture you too. They pull you over, they hang you, and you're just like thinking through all your life decisions, that sort of thing. Um, one of the other things that strikes me as wonder, I love hiking, I love exploring new trails, um, I love, like, I just like finding new things. The same thing I like about driving is I, I lived in Salisbury, New Brunswick during uh, kind of my high school, university years, and that also just finding new back roads to explore, driving, like just something about mapping out, you know, like finding like, ooh, no one discovered that yet, or ooh, this feels like my own, like, little secret discovery, super exciting for me. But there are two things that really strike me with wonder. Um, one place would be kind of at the beach uh, with Hannah. It's, it's where it was our spot when we were dating, uh, when we got engaged, and uh, when we finally got married, we continued to go back to the beach. And we would always go there, and the two of us, Hannah would be just drawn and stare for hours at the wind and the waves as the ocean would lap against the beach, and the waves would come against the shore, and just how it would meet the horizon line and seemingly go on forever. And the whole time, I would be drawn up to the blue sky and the clouds blowing through the air, uh, just, oh, just so stunning, that bright, crisp blue sky. Um, that like looks like a painting, you know? And a, a second place that really just like hits me to the core is whenever I look up at the stars at night. There's something about when I take a moment to stand or sit and look up at the starry night sky, no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what I'm going through, no matter how concerned or anxious I am, I'm just, it's like an out-of-body experience. I, I'm brought out of myself, and I have this moment of transcendence, and all those other worries just melt away with every passing minute and second. Not instantly, but the longer I make myself sit there under the stars, the deeper and deeper in awe I am at a creator who's made such a vast universe. And, you know, your eyes start to adjust, and then you don't just see the first stars, but then you see, you start to make out the outline of the Milky Way. I'd always daydream about floating up and flying <laughs> through the dark night sky. Like, oh man, technology these days, I really hope there's a day where we can just like wear jetpacks and fly around because I would love to fly through the air at a night. A little dangerous, I know, but. These, these moments of wonder chain together memories for us when we experience a deep awe, don't they? I, I, when I look at the stars, it's not just that moment, but every moment that I've looked at them and been struck with the wonder of them. I remember sitting with my grandmother at the porch at our family cottage, uh, getting bit by mosquitoes with bats flying around. I remember uh, every outing with my friends, every time Hannah and I would look at the stars uh, driving late at night. Um, 
And even moments just taking out the garbage at the end of my driveway and just God pausing me for a moment. And being like, hey, look up. Isn't that crazy? Now more than ever, it's important for us to practice wonder, to recultivate this sense of awe. It can bring us deep benefits. See, coming out of this pandemic era, many of us, our faith and our hope have been really challenged and tested. And now more than ever, we need to recultivate faith, hope, and love in our lives. Our, our expectations now for the future, a lot of us, we don't anticipate things, we anticipate things getting worse before they get better. And we wonder, are things going to be okay? But through the practice of wonder, we can start to instead ask the question, will God be sovereign and lead the way? Wonder is paying attention. It's through this practice of paying attention to the little and the big things that God is doing around us. When we look outside of ourselves, we begin to see him in the hearts and minds of our loved ones, of strangers, of people kind enough to, to have us stay uh, for uh, a long period of time and feed us breakfast and uh, teach us about the, the Kinnipakasis River uh, and, and the history. Um, what a gift. But I think one of, what's one of the first things that we do when we're, we're anxious or we're overwhelmed or we're wondering, ah, like trying to figure something out, right? Except we talk to someone. We talk to someone in order to gain perspective. We speak to an expert. If we're trying to buy a home, we speak to a mortgage broker. Um, if we're just, we're just trying to figure out, I don't know if I should go out with this guy. I don't know about this girl. We talk to one of our friends to get a bit of perspective and to get outside of our own selves and see things from a different angle. And this practice, paying attention to the wonder around us, helps us to move from being distracted to attentive, from rushed to slow down, from self-focused to being others-focused. And this isn't this isn't another guilt thing or a duty thing for us to do as Christians, but this is an invitation from God for us to walk into the wonder and the delight that he has for us. The same wonder and delight that went into the very making and fabric of our entire world. When we begin to see things from God's perspective... We're not minimizing the struggles we're going through. We're not ignoring the suffering we might feel. But we bring into the mix suddenly a heavenly view and a heavenly hope of what is to come. The faith practiced of wonder helps us glimpse with surprise just how creative, how present God is with us. I love it. Pastor Gordon was, was uh, doing, preaching another sermon from this series. You guys are getting a sneak preview, by the way. Okay, free early viewing. I'm going to be sharing some of this with my uh, congregation in Stratford, Prince Edward Island next week. But he referenced an author who talked about finding Christ in a thousand places. Title Impact Team, I'm going to challenge you this week, and I want you to come to me, and I want you to tell me, 
Can you find Christ in even just one of the 1,000 places that he is around you this week? I, I want you to think about, and I'm going to challenge you to think about, is God working in the billets you're staying with? Is he working with you in this service project, in the person you're ministering to, in the other volunteers, or the new friends that you're making? To the whole church, how will God surprise you and be at work with you this week? And how can we join him in what he's doing? Psalm 27 says, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Right now, here in front of me, with me. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. This is not a, oh, maybe God will do something. Maybe he'll be with us. Maybe he'll come along the ride. He will. Will you see what he's up to? Will you take a moment and the word that God kept pressing on me as I tried to practice this was, you're doing great, John, but just slow down. Breathe. Let me bring you some wonder in your life this week. A prayer that really helps me to center and to be aware of what God's doing around me is to pray, God, you are present, so I am present. You are engaged, so I am engaged. Now, there's, there's many different ways that we can practice cultivating a sense of awe and wonder in our lives. This morning, we're going to journey through, and we're going to practice. It's going to seem um, elementary, but so deeply foundational to our faith. We're going to meditate on our Redeemer, Christ, and the reward he has prepared for us. Because as we meditate on what Christ has done, on his marvelous and wonderful works, and on the amazing things he has planned for us, that can begin to cultivate a sense of awe, right? Because when we serve faithfully, when we're following Jesus, sometimes we don't feel completely on fire, or we, or we feel guilty and we say, oh, why aren't I like super stoked to be a Christian right now? Like, why is this, why aren't I like, woo, going crazy? But it's a muscle like anything else. When we practice cultivating a sense of awe in our lives, when we take a moment to meditate on the marvelous and wonderful things that God has done, this muscle begins to grow. And suddenly, we don't just see Christ in one place, but we start seeing him everywhere around us. First of all, church, I encourage you to wonder at the Redeemer. There's no better place to start. I'm going to show you a couple of scriptures from Ephesians and Philippians. But for context, Paul writes to us, he writes about how God loves us, how he chose us in Christ to be holy. And he writes this while he's imprisoned. He's persecuted, incarcerated for his faith, not just thrown in jail, but very much at the threat of death. And he's writing for those who are being imprisoned and, in fact, are dying for the sake of Christ. So for them, this sense of knowing how deeply important it is to be wedded to Christ, it's immediate, it happens, it becomes crystal clear for them in those crisis moments. For us, that's why it's important for us to build the muscles in seasons and in a place, in a context where we're not under this persecution, we have to do a little extra legwork 
to remember of, and to be connected to the great things God is doing around us. He decided ahead of time to adopt us into his own family. And because of his kindness and graciousness, we've been forgiven. And we're now a part of his kingdom. God doesn't just tolerate us or say, hey, I like these people. You, John, not so much. But you can come along because i got to save everyone. No, he delights in each and every one of you. And I'm sorry, that's the biblical truth. So you can't say, well, God kind of loves me or he puts up with me. No, he actually delights in every aspect of who you are. Hate to break it to you. Philippians, Paul writes, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Church, I want to ask you, What did you used to consider profitable that you're now so glad you let go? What used to be valuable to you that now pales in comparison? And you wonderful, mature saints, you folks who have been walking for a long time with the Lord, I want you to carry that question with you through this sermon because at the end, we... I feel like we need, we're going to ask you to speak over this Title Impact team and some of those young and just starting in their walk. I'm going to give you a chance to invite and share. But has following Christ been worth it to you? Has it? Has following Christ worked? We have a God, as it says in Micah, who pardons sin and forgives our transgressions, of his, his whole community, a community which uh, ignored him, which rejected him time and time through the biblical narrative, a people who went into exile, and yet through prophets like Micah, God was already putting into a redemption plan to send Christ to completely redirect where we were headed, to completely save us from sin, to save us from the despair we were in. He does not stay angry forever, but he delights in showing mercy. We are now receiving and sharing in an eternal inheritance which Christ earned. We didn't earn it on our behalf. But he died for us so that we could receive a reward that goes far beyond comprehension. So what is this reward? Our greatest and highest reward is Christ himself. But now I encourage you to wonder at the reward. In Romans it says we are now children of God, co-heirs with Christ. And that when we choose to suffer alongside of him, we partake in that suffering in order to share in his glory. And I think that's an encouraging word because a lot of the time in, in when we're serving, when we're volunteering, when we're, we're, we're doing things on behalf of the church and God, you know, maybe sometimes we feel like we have to be like, no, I'm joyful. This is great. 100%. This is I'm no place I'd rather be all the time. And I think it's okay, not in a spirit of complaint, but it's okay to acknowledge that sometimes, you know what, this is great that I'm here, 
but I'm not like 100% full of joy today. Or, you know, maybe I'd actually rather be on the boat on the lake with my family. Or, you know, actually, I, I love coming to church. I can agree with you guys. I'm not a morning person. I wouldn't mind sleeping in every now and then. And yet we know that when we suffer, when we sacrifice, when we give of our time and energy to Christ, we get to share in an eternal reward that is more valuable and priceless than anything else in this world that we can know. I loved, I was reading my devotionals, there was this great phrase, they were talking about conforming to the image of Christ, and how we experience little deaths as we become more and more like him. That each time we sacrifice, that each time we take one step of obedience, a little part of our old self kind of fades away, and we become a little bit more like Christ. And it's significant. And honestly, I, I, I love preaching and teaching, but if it wasn't because I knew how important it was to share the gospel of Christ and to encourage you and to, and to push you to meditate on the riches of being a part of his kingdom, I wouldn't. I'd stay in the background. And you know, it's not that I, I'm, I'm always nervous every time I get up to talk to anyone, right? But we believe, we have faith, we have hope that when we walk with Christ, that when we share in his inheritance, that that is a price far beyond anything else. In Ephesians, it says that the Spirit is God's guarantee. When the Holy Spirit walks with us, when we experience the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, this is a guarantee that we have been purchased and we are now his people forever. And Philippians, it says that we are now citizens of heaven. And we eagerly wait. Christ is our prize, but we wait for the resurrection at the last day. That's crazy. Can you believe that? We are going to not just, our lives won't just end when we go in the ground. We will live forever. Now that's a thing of wonder. So how do you respond when you receive a gift of wonder like this from God? I, uh, I had a friend, uh, he came to me in uh, my dormitory during university, and uh, he, was a, he was a very good friend, and he was helping me. Um, ba- like, basically, I just hadn't had a lot of good relationships in my life where people had treated and cared for me. And he uh, he'd gone out shopping, and he just he just picked up a root beer for me, okay, just like a pop. Came came by my door dorm, and he was like, "Oh, hey John, I was out shopping. I thought of you. Here's a root beer for you." And offered me this gift, and I promptly replied, "Oh no, you didn't." He said, oh, uh, "No, no, I did. I was out shopping, and I saw this, and I thought, oh, you know what? I'm gonna buy a drink." For John, because I, I like you, I know you like root beer, here you go. I said, no, no, you didn't buy that for me, you bought that for yourself, and you just happened to have it. And he said, no, I, I, I was thinking of you, this is a gift for you, I want you to enjoy this, I bought it for you. I said, no, 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 you just had it, you wandered into the dorm, you happened to have it, you saw me, and you thought, oh, well, I kind of have to give it to him now, because I've got more than one, it's, you know, i got to be polite. 
And then angrily, he responds, John, this is for you. Drink it. <laughs> but sometimes we, we hear these wonderful gifts, and we, we don't know how to receive it. And maybe, that's, maybe it's because we didn't ever experience the same level of someone just wanting to bless us with something good. Someone just wanting to not just fulfill a duty, but delight in us in our life. There's lots of different ways we can respond to wonder. Um, but uh, when I think of, when we're wonderstruck, when I think of what's next, two ways we can respond are, firstly, we can receive the wonder. Easier said than done. But for those here on the Tidal Impact team, uh, those young who have just started walking with Jesus early in your faith, this word is especially for you. I encourage you, receive the wonder. Thank God for it. Receive Christ in your heart. Worship him. Do good works. Press on to know Christ. In Genesis 1, God made the whole world and he saw that it was good. So he stopped on the Sabbath to rest, but also to celebrate and delight in what he had made. Now we look at, the, there's, I, I, put, I made a list of just some of the many things we receive when we accept this gift of Christ. And when we look at how we are justified through faith by Christ, how he has given us real freedom from sin, from hurts, from hang-ups, healing. Uh, he brings forgiveness in our life, wisdom and purpose. He brings a provision for our every need and protection um, from evil and unconditional love. It's harder, when we meditate on these things, it's harder to hold on to those hang-ups and onto the things of the past that we sometimes cling or go back to. This is my prayer over you who are young and just starting in the faith. I pray that God would give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God, that your hearts would be flooded with light, that you could understand the confident hope to those he has called. And what is that hope? It is the hope that we are his holy people, that we are rich because we are his people, and that we now share in his glorious inheritance every blessing in the heavenly realms, eternal life, forever working and, and being in love and intimacy with Christ. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Guys, take hold of it. Press on and press in this week because God is going to show you some of his wonder this week as we serve and work together. Now to those mature in the faith, to you lovely saints, I encourage you to repeat the wonder. If you have experienced the love of Christ in your life, if you have chosen, yes, I will follow you, Jesus, and as Paul talked about earlier in Philippians, this, um, this, I press on to account everything else as rubbish aside from knowing Christ. You must testify. We need to hear it. You know, I, I, I'm 29, these youth, we need to hear you testify. Yes, guys, 
Press on. Keep following Christ. It has been worth it. He's been there for me. He's been faithful to me. Your voices are so important. I used to think that my presence didn't matter, but each one of your presence so deeply matters. Thank you for being present this morning. Thank you for showing us who are leading and serving again to know Jesus. Through your commitment, through your consistency, through your mere presence, that Christ is worth it. There's nothing more encouraging to me than that. Because there's nothing more discouraging to me than hearing of, of, of my friends walking in from the faith or, or, um, or other leaders walking in the faith. But then when I see you here seeking God, putting him first, there's nothing that lights a fire in my soul more and encourages me uh, to know there's more people of a like mind with me in maturity of Christ who are excited and value what God is doing in our world in our community. Those who are mature, you have trained yourselves to distinguish good from evil. You have walked, and with each decision in life, God has given you wisdom and insight. You've learned from successes and mistakes. And we need your voices. We're so thankful for your presence. Ephesians 1 at the end says, I pray that everyone here, I pray that everyone would understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. My grandmothers prayed deeply for me. My grandfathers led my family in how to know Christ. And because of their faithful commitment, because of my grandmother kneeling by her bread, bed every night, <laughs> reading her daily bread, praying for each and every one of her grandchildren, my life and my ministry, it's just a tip of the iceberg of the impact that God has through her in so many different ways. But they knew the inheritance that if they encouraged their, their, their children, the next generations, to follow Christ, it was priceless. So I ask you now, church, a lot of this next generation is asking, is it true? But the big question that is on a lot of their hearts is, does our faith work have you seen his power? Have you been wonderstruck in your journey with Christ? Is knowing Christ, Christ the most valuable thing that you've ever chosen to do in your life? So since I'm visiting, I feel like I can get away with this. I'm going to put you out of your comfort zone right now, and we're, I'm actually going to invite you right now to have the courage, and it's okay if there's like an awkward moment of silence where you're just like processing and preparing your words. We're cool. We're good with that. No one panic. But I encourage you right now, if you've walked with Jesus and he's come through for you, to stand up and to testify. These gray shirts, they're so excited to serve Jesus this week. But your testimonies of how God has worked in your life is just going to send us all the more out there.
to share. So, right now, I know, I believe in you though. If anyone would like to stand up or just sitting where you're at uh, to share, just share a way that Christ has worked in your life or just share, yes, following Jesus was worth it for me because we would love, we need to hear your voices this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jim. As I look back over my life, and you can tell I'm not a youngie here, um, but God has put so many people in my life that have made an impact on me. It was very hard to walk away from him because of all those people. From the time I was little, Sunday school teacher, superintendent, G CGIT leader, all these people have made such an impact on my life. And the cross is just worth it all. Amen. Um, for me, it's just been a blessing to see even when I don't feel that I am, I feel like I am too broken to be used, to be used in the small things and have God's voice whisper, that was me using you in your mess. Mm. It's the most powerful thing. Oh, amen to that. Can I speak in general? My life before Christ, uh, I was a career officer in the infantry, and it was all about having things ordered, moving in a specific direction, and it was the goal that was set for me. And when I found Christ, although that training had stayed with me, the purpose was founded in my heart. I found my purpose. Jesus gave me the purpose. And that purpose is to share Christ and the love of Christ with others. And now to teach that to others. He's given me purpose. So many people in this world don't know why we're here. 
And I was counted among those numbers till later in life, until Jesus placed on my heart my reason for being here. So purpose. It's mm. wonderful. Thank you. I am the product of those praying parents and grandparents. Um, and it has given me the strength through many situations in my life. And God has healed many people in our family. And ha I have seen the wonder of him over and over. He is always faithful. I grew up in a Christian home, and I'm very thankful every day for that. But uh, on July 28th, it'll be nine years since my husband passed away from cancer. And when he was dying, and I had accepted it, then I remember going to get gas, and I said, while I was pumping gas, I said, I don't want Randy to die. And just as quick as instantly, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. And for the past nine years and all through my life, Christ has been sufficient. His grace has been sufficient. And I don't know if there was anything else he could have said that carried me through so much. But his grace is sufficient. So trust in him. Believe in him. And let him help you through your life. Oh. Oh, thank you. Yes. I actually, you, you just echoed <laughs> what, or said what I would echo, which is that uh, I've seen many people uh, who in their sorrow and suffering um, look for, for a reason, and God doesn't immediately remove the source of their pain or loneliness, but I've seen so many people find peace and comfort in the midst of that. Um, and, and I want to point out, too, that the right side of the church is like talking 20 times more than the left, so the blessings are flowing towards that window. Nothing against the rest of the church. Just got just to point that out. That's right. Two responses. Receiving, re repeating, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've had the privilege of watching these young ladies grow up. Some of them from very, very little. <laughs> She's hiding now. And you talk about the wonders, and I took her to her first title impact. Took some of these other kids to other title impacts. So to see them here is just a blessing beyond. Mm. I guess my testimony is that even when I chose not to listen, and I chose to make my own path. God chose to be patient with me. And when I hit the spot where I couldn't handle it anymore, he opened doors and provided people for me to help me through that time. And that's just really special to know that he was there, even though I didn't want to listen at first. Wow. Thank you, Brenda. Be contagious. Um, <laughs> so we have our feet in this church, and we had our feet in Stevens Road. And I agree 100% with Clark. Um, 
we have just come through a very difficult last couple weeks. And for a long time since our vacation Bible school, way back at Stevens Road, I'm all about the God moments. And God sh shows up when things are difficult. You just have to look for them. And so I challenge you guys and you guys and you guys to look for God moments this week when God shows up. Amen. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Far from it. But all through my life, God has been so personal. Thank you so much. I'm trying to think of how to word this. Jesus has been there. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> He's been there since day one. Even when... I've walked away from him many times. Why am I crying? <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> He's never failed me once. And I know he'll never fail me ever again. Mm. He'll never fail me. He'll always be there. <laughs> it will be there for every single one of you guys, too, in your life. He's always there. And you can trust in him. <laughs> Amen. Thank you. my age now, I know that I'm still a work in progress. And there's been days where I've wanted to give up because it just seemed like the road was too difficult. But I want to encourage these young people, when, the, when there's ruts in the road, God will carry you over them. Amen. And when you're in your 70s, you can still look and say, I'm still a work in progress. God's still working on me. And praise God for it. Thank you. Thank you for your encouragement. Well, church, I have nothing else to say. I think that was my favorite part of the sermon. I want to invite the band to come on back up here. And I just want to thank you all so much for sharing, for really leaning into that moment. This was beautiful. I'm so thankful to have been here with you this morning. Yeah, no, I have nothing else to say. You guys, you guys said it. I'll just take away from it. So let me pray for us. Lord, may we all be struck by the wonder of you, our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, the reward you have given to us. 
May we receive this wonder deep in our hearts and always repeat the testimonies of Christ in our lives to one another. Amen.